better, happier, more productive, comfortable, not drinking too much, regular exercise at the gym, three days a week. Hello, and welcome again to Chillin' Ambitious, the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. This is the Life Innovator series. Um, yeah, it is. And a life innovator is someone who tailors their daily desires and lifelong passions to their everyday. That's correct. And yes, they're our guests on our show. And we hope that you learn a little bit about them and that they inspire you the way that they inspire us. Yep. So I'm O. I'm No. And And together together we make make Oh No. no. So uh, today's topic is (laughs) scarcity. Scarcity. Dun, dun, dun. Sounds scary. I know. Well, it's, you know, it's something that's literally been a struggle throughout human history. I feel like anytime we've had war, any sort of like move to like go conquer anything, like it's always been because of human scarcity. It's true. Um, And today's guest, uh, the the reason we have this topic is because today's guest, um, Max Rousier, is an email marketer who has used his time very efficiently um, because he has he suffers from sickle cell anemia and it affects his everyday. So he has to, every choice he makes really matters. His energy is used uh, very quickly. Um, right. So he has to be very efficient with his time and be very selective with how he yeah, um, does everything. And despite how lively our conversation is, it was... Um, he can actually get drained quite quickly. And yeah. So yeah, uh, that's just our little preview and like, we're just going to drop you in in this conversation because we touch on so much. <laughs> right. It was really fun. Yeah. And I hope you have fun. <laughs> Here we go. So last night, no. Yes. We uh, got to, well, you got, I got to watch to, it. I got to go check out for Colored Nerds, the podcast. Yeah. And I went with uh, my friend here, Max Rousier. Thank you. Yeah, that was brilliant. Who uh, turned me on to the fact that they were having uh, a live recording that night. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go, but I did get to go to the after party. But I heard that the show was amazing. Yeah, it was really dope. Yeah. They yeah. had uh, a couple, uh, they actually had two guests on that night. Uh, they had Sir Van Newkirk as well as Ashley Ford. Uh, and the hosts, if you haven't heard about Four Colored Nerds already, so yeah, Brittany is one of my best friends, uh, and Eric Eddings. Yeah, we all went to Howard University and we were talking about these things 10 years ago and now they're actually coming to life. So it's like, I got to bring everyone with me to see them perform. Um, awesome. and so we'll what, get you in next time. Yeah. What was like, well, so what was the last night's topic? Like, well, one of the ones was just like influential black art that changed your life. Yeah. And they had each of the hosts and the guests also like each name. Oh, that's what this was. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like, so yeah. Was, you were telling me like the Missy so Van, 
said like Missy Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Which super duper so, fly video. Oh yeah. <laughs> and reenacting it. The rain. It. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was saying how like. My sister's three years younger than me. And we used to get my dad's hefty garbage bags. <laughs> <laughs> you had to get the ones for the leaves because they were just light enough to, to blow up, but not too heavy, right? But they, they, they wouldn't burst. And we had these little fans, these little battery-operated fans. And we would... <laughs> I found a way to rig them up so I could blow the, the garbage bags up with the fans, and me and my sister would walk around the house until the batteries died. Reenacting the video. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just like beautiful, but like that music video was dope to me too. Him, or I mean, Missy Elliott and um, Buster Rhymes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. fun fact, Missy Elliott follows me on Twitter. I don't do anything on Twitter, but Missy Elliott liked something that I said about like black people once. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So you, and I love her. She's like my favorite MC of all time. You've just become even cooler. Oh, my, thank you. Missy's the one. But yeah, so. Yeah. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is that so like there's a scarcity though like growing up there was like always a scarcity of like female role models mm-hmm. like Missy Elliott TLC and Gwen Stefani were like people that I looked up to wow. because it was just like oh like these they're Gwen Stefani for me Gwen Stefani yeah like just like feeling like oh okay like I'm not wrong for thinking people are treating me different and like but I also see that these women are just kind of doing their own damn thing and that's like so empowering. And who did tell us? Who else did you say? Fran Dresser. Oh my god, I was obsessed with Fran Dresser when I was a kid. I was talking about this last time. So Fran Dresser, I don't know. I thought she, first of all, she's absolutely gorgeous. Like, go look at old like, old nanny episodes. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Like her body was sick. Her her style was crazy and irreverent. Yeah. It was like overly tacky, but perfectly tacky. You know, like that. It's just so good and it worked. But like, she was the first time I saw anyone on TV who I thought kind of looked like me. You know, I was just like, that's hot. That's important. Yeah. Like, and I just remember being like, it's funny. I didn't, I had that revelation when we were talking. I was just like, oh my God, I didn't realize that that's probably why I was obsessed with her. Cause when I was a kid, I thought blonde hair, blue eyes, that's what's beautiful. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and not just, but I didn't realize that like, I didn't ever really saw other dark haired women that were like put up, like had their own shows and looked like a beautiful woman. And I was just like, she's, stupid gorgeous i want to look like i want to be like her and like she was also has like really sassy and like kind of like she ran the show even though she didn't have this high power position i kind of thought about that too after you were saying that because i really like that show too and i didn't really know why and maybe that maybe that what was it but it's interesting because like i didn't pay attention to that show growing up but it's just great to hear you guys talk about it because for me (laughs) we kind of talked about this last night especially at the event the movies and TV shows that I was watching and it's like no five, six and seven year old or even the books. Like I grew up on Maya Angelou. Like I remember hand copying Maya Angelou and going into school and being like, oh, look at this thing that I just read. And everyone's like, what's wrong with you, kid? And then at the same time, I was watching Living Single and um, Different World or what is it? Wait, Different World. Yeah. Different World and all these other things. And like I was just isolated or like focused in that world instead of um seeing so much. So I remember the nanny, but it was always in the background, the peripheral. Well, not my main view. It's cool to hear you guys talk about it in the same way, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna like sit down and just listen, to y'all, <laughs> which is what I do with your show already. Big fan of it. I really like how you guys your show plays the way that my mind thinks. That's that our goal. Was. <laughs> That's the way. Literally, our conversations like are like. 
literally like how we went down this road, right? Yeah, like it's exactly. like tangent and it's like I'll just start singing a song in the middle of a yeah. talking and I'll be like, Exactly. Yeah. But it's great that like so because of your show, I realized, oh, other people think and feel this way, except I just don't hang out with them regularly. Because I'm always dropping references, like in my writing, in person, and no, it goes over everyone's head because it's like sometimes they're ridiculously obscure or the person I'm talking to like doesn't watch. You know how many times I drop 30 Rock references and everyone's like, what? Uh, <laughs> but in fairness, 30 Rock is so, so dense. So quotable though. But it's so dense with content like literally yeah. every episode like you miss a, like every time you watch rewatch you're like i missed that i missed that like i could never re- even though i think i have a memory for those kinds of things i can't even it's remember beautiful. there's so much shit in there like that show is literally all about classism and racism, racism and, and like yeah and but it's and how it intersects in the media like it's a perfect place to talk but about it's those done issues. in such a fucking funny way yeah. you do a good job of like doing the caricature but still having depth yeah. Of each of them, like even Jack Donaghy, who really like is playing this. <laughs> I love unapologetic white men. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, why are you it's wearing a tux? <laughs> it's after 5 p.m. What am I, a farmer? Like, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, man. To a point where like I use that line now. Yeah. <laughs> and I am not a white man like him. Oh, oh God. Man. <laughs> Such a good show. What you do, Max, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, our listeners know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this went off. This went off track. <laughs> yeah, it did. I'm like, ah. <laughs> he's an email marketer, and so like you were saying, actually, in a lot of your emails, you kind of do something similar where you draw a lot of pop culture references or like whatever. Because absolutely. absolutely. And the, the, all right, so yeah, you try to relate to people like it's an email like you're talking to them because exactly. that's what you would do in real life. <laughs> exactly. So like if you are in business, what I do is I help you take your personal story or the story of your your brand, your business and help you reach your customers on your email list and turn them into people that are like raving fans as opposed to people that buy once and disappear. And so for instance, I'll work with like a food entrepreneur uh like Nicole Culver of Blissful Eats. I'll help her sell granola, but now she's Hey, I bought your granola. I put in my cereal, and now I'm reading your emails. I'm learning more about you, and I'm joining your programs, or I'm seeing you at events because I'm invested in this. And it's about granola, so like <laughs> I'm the coolest person. Like granola. it's now my job to make granola cool, which is awesome because like the Quakers tried, and it's easy to top them. And now we have like a community instead of just like someone that buys once and disappears, and. It's just like so much fun. But yeah, you got to like come at it in a way where you're interesting, you're amusing, you're yourself. Otherwise, people are going to get bored and they're like, why are you trying to teach me how to be healthy? I just want to like have fun. Our theme today is talking about like scarcity and how to overcome that. And Mm. relating to what you were just saying, though, um, you've told me that you think email marketing, if say you're you have a business or you're just trying to build your brand or like even just, you know, say even within your career, like you're not even being an entrepreneur, but you like want to like start establishing yourself. Absolutely. You I know it's your your things you're a bit biased, but like you told me that email marketing is like a place that you should focus your efforts in if like absolutely you don't have that much time, you don't have that much energy, like where am I going to get the most bang for my buck? Exactly. Because here's what it is. If you want to be successful, whether it's financially, emotionally, whatever, what you want to do is position yourself as the authority on whatever it is. You want to be the authoritative male if you're trying to pick up women. You want to be the authoritative granola woman if you want to sell granola. The author- and by that, I mean to say that you want 
all eyes on you. And the simplest way to position yourself is to talk about the things that people care about that but you also care about. Don't mansplain. Oh, no. <laughs> no I not. am the authoritative <laughs> male in this relationship. <laughs> so I just come from, I spend a lot of time with people that talk about marketing in that sense. So that comes out. But no, what I mean to say is that you position yourself with email because now you get to demonstrate what you know and help people immediately where they are because they're picking up on your tips and doing that every day, which is what I recommend. Email every day, share what you know, do it in an amusing way that doesn't bore us. And immediately people will go like, oh, I'm, he's top of mind. I want to follow him. She's top of mind. I want to follow her. They're going to help me with my goals. But if they're boring, like let's say some people aren't good writers or like Ooh. creative, like then, <laughs> do you write emails for people? Like do you? Correct. He's yes. a ghostwriter for emails. Oh my yeah. God. But certainly, yeah, that's, that's one way to think of it. And I didn't ever thought about it until recently, but yeah, I'm a ghostwriter. People hire me to adopt their voice and, play with it, tease it out. So I'm getting the best elements of it. All right. Speaking of authoritative males, what makes you an authority? Like, how did you get into this? Like what, you know, so, what kind of background do you have? Okay. So I've been emailing for 12 years. My first email account was with Gmail when it was like new, like there were only like 5 million people in the world that had it. And you thought it was and, gangster mail? I knew about Google and everything was cool, but it was, uh, someone gave it to me as a birthday present because he had to be invited to join. And I was just like, oh, wow, I turned 16, got my Gmail account. And I was just like, all right, now I'm in the email world. I wasn't using it the way that I'm using it today then, or yeah, then the way I'm using it today. But here's what's cool. Most people when they're 16, their first jobs are at like uh, the local bakery, a grocery store. My first job was writing nightly news for Capital News 9, which is New York 1 in the city. And that is to say, I leveraged, I just said hi to people <laughs> using email and I leveraged the people I knew at my high school to get me in the door and to be an intern at um, a news station. So like after school, I would just like drive like half an hour to the station and I would write for four hours. And that was my job and I was learning about it. And it wasn't because I knew everything about writing. I'm sure being young and cute like helps. But at the end of the day, it was people invested in me because I stood out. I positioned myself to say, hey, I'm serious about this. No one else is like harassing you like I am. But in, again, <laughs> in, it was in a respectable way. And it was just like, here's the opportunity. All right, we're granting you to it. And like they didn't lose out on it. But that's what I mean to say, like everything you want to achieve in this world is accessible through email, whether it's you reaching out to a media agency and being like, hey, I want to be on your podcast or I want to be do a feature article on me or it's, hey, I want to teach you about what I do. And then they're like, all right, this is great. Can I actually just hire you? I don't want to do it myself. And then it's all being done via email, whether it's with a major list or one-on-one. Because at the end of the day, if you're doing email marketing right, you're writing a message and you're pretending, even if you're writing to thousands, you're pretending you're only writing to one person. All right. I like that because so I asked you earlier, you know, everyone's like, well, what about social media and like how to like, you know, (laughs) and building your brand and building your following. And you gave me a metaphor that I really liked about how to think about uh, what digital marketing is and why email marketing you think is actually where you should focus. Do you remember that metaphor? I say a lot of things. Oh, well, you were talking about like, (laughs) that's where you actually make the sell though in the email. Oh, yes. And that's why it's a bit more important or like. That's where you actually make the ask. (laughs) Absolutely. So everyone forgets that email marketing or email is the original social media tool online. Isn't just 
oh, online. I was like talking to people. <laughs> social media. Yeah. Before there was Facebook, before there was like uh, YouTube, this, that, the other, Twitter, Instagram. But even word of mouth now, if I was like, oh, you should buy this, I would still send you an email ultimately to link Ooh. you to the thing. There you go. Because yeah, I, I mean, have to get I like it it's somehow. Like the follow up. Yeah. Exactly. So there you go. So I tell people, if, you're, if you enjoy Periscope and you're great on video, do Periscope. If you're on Twitter and you're witty and pithy, you know, 140 characters, do your thing, have fun. But you're not going to like meet someone on Twitter consistently and make sales, drive them to listen to your podcast, get them out to your event. Why? Because people aren't like living there. It's only in the off chance that you catch them at the right time where they're already in the frame of mind or in motion to do what you already want them to do. Then they'll invest. But like an email, you drive them from those social media platforms to the ultimate social media platform, build a relationship with them. And then you're like, well, you guys speak via email and you're just saying hi to each other every day. And then like, you want to be like that. You want to be their friend talking about, hey, look at this awesome podcast, that interview that I did on Chill and Ambitious. Check it out today. Or, hey, I just wrote this awesome book. Here, you can have access to it. You're not talking that way in your emails, but essentially you're building those relationships so you can keep them invested. But what if you're like me and you get like I you unsubscribe to everything because you think that you want something and then you're just like, fuck, I got another email and I don't want to read it. That's brilliant. That's the way you should be. But then what's but no, no, no. But that's the thing. You're saying you're unsubscribing because it's no longer relevant. But to it's you. also like I get overwhelmed. So like you're saying email every day. I'd be pissed if I got an email from a company every day. I would be so mad that I would like literally just unsubscribe. I wouldn't even open them. So what's something, what's the most important thing to you right now? What's something that you want to accomplish by the end of summer? Um, <laughs> uh, get our listenership up. Okay. So let's say there was a magic number. Let's say you're at 5,000 and you want to get it to like 25,000. If I or anyone else out there has a business and I said, hey, no, I know exactly how to get to 25,000 subscribers. Join my email list where I talk about it every single day. Well, you're one of those. And one of those, <laughs> someone that helps you out with, the, with no, what no, you no, already no. want to do. <laughs> yes. Well, no, there's, but there's a lot concerns of- about privacy and people invading her. I don't. Wait, am I like- invading your space by asking you? No, 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 no. But then, so like asking you to join, right? Like, there's those things that are like, I'm not shitting on what you do. I don't like. Oh no, no, it's fine. I, right, but I'm saying me. so. Like, then those I hate those lists that are like, you want to figure this out? Subscribe to this. It's like fair enough. I can, yeah. I, yeah, that's just all. There's so much. There's so much of that garbage out there that it's like, what really, really works. I don't like actually want it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't actually want to. You saying that, hey, if you subscribe to this, I'll teach you how to get to this. Yeah. Well, I that's think- actually like that's not showing me anything. That's just saying like, hey, take the bait, and maybe you'll figure something out. Like maybe you'll find something that's helpful out of this. You but know? how is that different from any other person that's offering to help you then? Because I think for me, I actually prefer like communicate, like I prefer like direct communication with people. Like for me, it's like, I need to trust a person. Like I don't want you to have my email. I don't want you to have my email if I don't like you as a person. Well, exactly. That's awesome. (laughs) I don't want you to be on my list if you don't trust me. In fact, you can't be on my list unless you care about what I'm talking about. Exactly. Well, I think that's that's the first thing you need to do though, is make that personal connection. You need that personal trust. No one's going to listen to you if you don't trust the person. So like, 
I think your point is saying like, you know, there's a lot of people saying like, sound like you can lose weight. You can lose a hundred pounds in two days. Like you might think, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, but, I mean, you know but like, <laughs> but if you trust this, you had to lead with the relationship first, which I think actually when I read your emails, that's like your whole thing is actually making it. So it's like, you almost are like, this is your friend. This is somebody that you actually like start to care about. And then it's like, wow. by yeah, the way, absolutely. also like I'm helping you with da da da. Like it seems like that's like, how you relate to these emails in terms of like the ones that I actually like to follow, like one of the ones um, like paid to exist. I've told you about, Yeah, no, I've, I've and I've like subscribed to them. Yeah. And I've like I'm actually followed, like I'm in some of their groups. I've actually talked to the guy, like he sends like pretty frequent emails, but like, awesome. I feel like I like what he's about. Like he even talks about his own struggles in it. Like you yeah. do feel like you have this personal connection with them. And that's what And it like, it's not. Um, and then they do have programs where they're like, yeah, you want to figure out by the end of summer, get to this. And like, if I'm serious about that, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to this person. Cause he seems like to know what they're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to follow it. So but you're so describing like- the ultimate relationship because everything I do is based on relationships. It's based on consent. I'm not shoving anything down your throat. I'm not forcing you to do anything. <laughs> Wait, what was that face? Consent is, sexy. <laughs> consent. Consent is sexy. And no one should shove anything down your throat. <laughs> because like, if I see you and I'm just like, if like if someone approaches you and they're like, oh hey, let's go out on a date, and you're like, oh I'm not interested, like that's the end of the conversation. Like no one's hurt, no harm, no foul. You this keep is it moving. Safe and ethical digital marketing, not the rapey kind <laughs> that you that you get every day. <laughs> Sorry, no, is there something to me? Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, so like the whole thing about like you being like, oh, you want to get to twenty five thousand subscribers? Yeah, here's like register with me, and I'll help you do it. Like. I'm not going to do that unless you actually tell me a little bit like about, uh, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like having that conversation and be like, so like what I think, you know, what I think could work is like having that actual conversation with somebody really? would make me be like, Oh, okay. Like this person makes sense. This person's not an idiot. Like that sounds, sounds doable. Sounds legit. Right. Like yeah. that's that conversation versus like, Hey, sign up for my email. Exactly. <laughs> or so, and that's not what I would say on the email opt-in page. I don't write like that. In fact, if you go to my page, my thing is like, Hey, I'm a journalist turned marketer. My website looks shitty, but oh, my yeah, emails I, I, are better I saw than that. that. I, saw that <laughs> I saw that. You were like, my, my, it was like basically like, my website is fine, but my emails are great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and my so, hair is even better. <laughs> <laughs> my hair is even better. Uh, I need I that line. I love how your like hair that. is. You, you oh, like man. watching Living Single. Living I, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it, there you go. Oh, <laughs> There's oh my God. That is your hair. Yeah, yeah. But, um, well, two things <laughs> I want to say. What's up? Uh, what I like about your emails, like, okay, so I like here. I'll screw you. Read them. Well, yeah, I subscribed and like you were telling me about them and you were like, you recently did this one about uh, Christmas in July (laughs) and how you don't open people's Christmas presents and like, you're just like talking about like how that relates to things. But um, it made me think of like, I had friends when they were traveling were like, hey, like if you want to, like I decided to start journaling my travel logs and they start just like writing emails to us about like documenting their travel. And it was so cool, you know, and they just Mm -hmm. started like, and because I was friends with them, I already knew them so that was one connection like why i wanted to see that but like in some ways i feel like you when you say you're just like emailing to your friends i was like i've actually had that happen that's more or less what you're doing because at the end you're kind of like hey also if you like all these things i'm saying you can take the next step to like exactly. buy whatever or set or like check this that book out and da da da. and so yeah. like it becomes this like really personal investment in it um so what you're saying is 
that all of our listeners should email their closest friends and tell them to listen to Chill and Ambitious? Yes. Certainly. I'm surprised that you haven't done that. You've been like, hey, if you dig what you're seeing here, actually, don't no, even actually, make an if that. statement. No, no, we do that. No, we're we, just reminding we, them. We remind people. No, I say, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. Just yeah never mind. You know what? I'm just very literal, and that up. was over my head. I'm so um, sorry. <laughs> wait, are you saying we should mark, tell people to share oh, this? Oh, man. Now who's being gimmicky? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but here's the framework, and I'll explain it because I realize I haven't like, gone in depth with it. All I'm saying is, the people that matter most to you that are really going to move the needle in your life, your customers, the VIPs that will want to mentor you, uh, the media that will want to talk about you, and others that like you may not have considered could be influential in your life, all those people are one email away. And if you have an email list, you can be talking to them regularly to the point you're top of mind for them. So if regularly you sat down for 10, 25 minutes, and you said, what's, a, what's something important to me? What's a tip that I would love to share about my topic? And how can I relate that to like a cute little story? So you just talked about a Christmas story. I'm not a fan of Christmas. I'm not a fan of most holidays. If it's not a birthday, I ain't here for it. So I wrote about that. I'm like, it's Christmas in July. This is the most you're going to hear me talk about Christmas. I'm going to give it to you in July so you don't expect it in December. That's what I said in my email. And then I was like, but you know what would be a really cool client? Santa Claus. And if Santa Claus is my client, this is how I do email marketing for him. And it's just this joking, because I'm a silly, playful dude. It's this jokey, fun little email about like, hey, get the elves to write your emails for you. So that way you're not doing it all by yourself. And then they can talk about their stories about what it's like to work for you. And you can tell stories about like, how reindeers are like awful and they're not as cute as like when you make them out to be. And then you can say, Hey, I'm coming over this Christmas. I'm going to get you these gifts. What do you want? Things like that. If people wrote like that, it'd be entertaining. It'd be more fun. And then when people open their inbox, they see your name, not even the subject line. They see their name. And they're like, Oh, cool. Santa is hitting me up or Max is hitting me up or chilling. Ambitious is hitting me up. I want to hear what they have to say about me, about life today. And they're invested in you. And then they're going to want to promote you on your behalf because they believe in you and this like movement you're leading. Yeah. All right. And so, I think so just one thing I just want to convert uh, like to, to segue on that. I think it's also like that also may not be how you interact with email, but like I Fair think enough. you've clearly had like a lot of like you got a job at New York one when you were in high school <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. of email marketing essentially. Yeah, yeah. Even like the way how we end up doing the Comar thing that was pretty much <laughs> like email marketing. And so like, yeah, uh, it's may not be like how you do, but it's effective, right? You have many stories in terms of like how, why uh, we're we're starting with like why this is like the one way to really yeah, get results. So, like, you're saying like, I'm not shitting on it. I just think oh no, that, you're not. Yeah, I just think that like like my strength is in like personal conversation. Certainly. <laughs> so how about this? Have you ever sat down and talked about something important to you? Um. So like so what I'm thinking about is um what's something that you would like people to know? Let's let's do a fun little exercise that I do with clients. We'll do okay. this in the next two minutes. The next two minutes, what's something you wish everyone knew that you could explain in like a simple bite-sized tip in two minutes or less? Something I wish everyone knew is that everyone has something like basically everyone has the the like has what it takes to do something amazing. Cool. But they just like, it's just t- like tapping into it or thinking about yourself in a different way. Cool, cool. Do you have like an example or like an experience that like reminds you of that, that you wish other people could see like you see? Um, 
<laughs> an example. I don't yeah. know. I guess anyone on this Edward, show, yeah, right. literally anyone on this show, <laughs> because people always think of it as this really high level, like somebody ha- like somebody has these magical powers. It's really not like we actually so like Steve Jobs, like I'm going to people are going to hate me for saying this. Steve Jobs wasn't that great. Like we've talked about. <laughs> Thank you. Steve Jobs you. wasn't that great. And you should stop trying to like everyone should stop trying to be like Steve Jobs. <sighs> but the thing is, like he had a great vision, but he also like but he didn't really do a lot himself, but he had a great team. Right. He, he yeah. saw how everyone could work together. Like he didn't really reinvent the wheel. He just took pieces <laughs> of took, took different spokes from different wheels and put them together to make a more beautiful wheel. But he actually didn't do the like necessarily do the legwork. He found other people. And I'm going right? to cut you off right there yeah. because you just wrote one of my emails because I've actually <laughs> written that email because everyone loves Steve Jobs. So my favorite thing to do is to trash him because he's like the greatest inventor. He's like he's never invented anything. He's in, innovators like no people he, have been he was innovative. He was visionary he, though. He, was he, visionary. You could, he had the vision Certainly. and he pulled it together but to see, make like, that happen. Exactly. So but when you think about what he did technically himself, it's a, he just exactly. had the right vision, right? So we so all have a vision. Exactly. We all have a vision is the point. It's like we all are like, oh, I could, but if I don't know. And like he just leveraged his network. Exactly. He leveraged like, exactly. the people around And him. what is true and ambitious but a similar so, network, a similar community? Yes, so what if network. you sat down for 10 minutes and you wrote about Steve Jobs and you're like, you know what? Steve Jobs wasn't all that great. Steve Jobs he ain't was shit. Technically That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I think, no, I think, um, I think I called it Steve Jobs ain't about shit. Something like that. Oh, but like, I, I, I actually, ain't about like, shit. Like, you can look it up. It's on the internet somewhere. Um, oh, I just thought that was what I was going to call it, but now I have to call something like, um, man, Or no, I probably said ain't all that. Um, but like, at the end of the day you write that email and you say you know what Steve Jobs isn't all that and like from your perspective you describe how he's technically proficient but at the end or he isn't technically proficient but what he did was he was visionary and he put the right people together that's why I love chill and ambitious that's why we created chill and ambitious it's the one way that we can connect young dope millennials to be proud of the work that they're doing without feeling that they have to be this crazy yuppie in Manhattan doing it and check out our new latest episodes with Max He's this weird email marketer that believes that we need to email every day. What's this guy talking about? Check it out here. <laughs> we just wrote it. Peace. We just wrote it. We <laughs> should right. get dragon. And that's how I wrote my emails. But I mean, like, that's what it is. Because now you're saying, hey, these are our opinions. These are our values and beliefs. And this is how we see the world. And then you're, people aren't thinking for themselves. And like, they need you to coax them through and be like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. What else are you thinking about? Shit what else can you teach me? Relevant. Who else can you connect me to that I'm not listening to on these other podcasts? And then you are the authority in your space, even though you thought you had to play someone else's game. Guys, I just learned something today. Right? Oh, it's about time. I was right? trying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Send me an email So in my lifetime, I have a very storied like career. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know of, if you have anything specific that you no, want to talk about. No, I'm just kind of like you know, like what like <laughs> what other companies have you worked with? Like what kind of accolades? You, like we like okay, you know, want to so set people fair. up to know like good call, good call. Your, so you know, how dope you are. I've done fun little things like when I couldn't afford college, uh, I helped my friend run a hookah bar and I used <laughs> that to claim it as an internship. And then I got student aid and I just spent like 12 credits oh, yeah. running a hookah bar <laughs> in Plattsburgh, New York of all places. And it was successful. We went from like zero sales to like 200 plus in the first week that I was there. So I was really excited about that. Um, but no, aside from that, 
I've worked at Google. In fact, that was like the last corporate job that I had. And it led me to believe that I just shouldn't be in any space like that uh, for many reasons. So I dealt with racism and sexism on the team that I was working on. Mm-hmm. And I was traveling a lot. That was part of Google Maps. And it just so it's wasn't your fault that all the times are wrong. <laughs> all the travel times are wrong. Oh man, that's Sorry, a lot of. Sorry, no, no, no. It's actually he fucked all of that up. He's trying to play those cards, but really he's responsible oh, for all of it. Listen, if you like playing o- uh, Pokemon Go, um, oh, yeah, you can thank me. But um, yeah, yeah. So like that's that. a lot of it is based on the work that me and the team are playing with. Uh, but no, no, dig it. It was just stressful. Kind of going back to your thing about ROI, like with email marketing, the reason why I love it is that like I was brought to the hospital. I burnt out when I was in, at Google. I have sickle cell anemia. And when I'm burnt out, that means I'm in the hospital and heavily sedated with narcotics and the pain just doesn't go away. You just slid that in there. Yeah. I did? Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, yeah. like you do all this crazy stuff, but it's yeah. just, you also have... Yeah, so the, yeah. So when I say ROA, it's because like I know that in November when I was sick again in the hospital, the one thing that helped me from like to put food on the table and take care of my like basic financial bills while I was bedridden was writing an email every single day to the people that were already paying me to do work and saying, giving them new incentives to sign up again as a client. And by incentives, I mean just like, oh, wow, I forgot how much Max knows about this. Let me give him a call. And it's like, all right, here's my phone number at the end of every email. And that's why I realized how powerful it is for someone like me. And I'm just not healthy. So if you are healthy, you can like take it above and beyond. So then like how many hours a day do you spend doing this? Like what kind of what kind of toll does that take on you? Like, okay. Um, Well, yeah, yeah. So I only work a I think it's actually 3.33 hour day. (laughs) <laughs> the four hour work yes three workout work yeah yeah so i'm beating some ferris um no no but that's in a day not a week and what i'm doing is i wake up i do my morning routine i'll like meditate like uh, i'll write in my journal but when it comes to the email i spend 25 minutes to think of a story write it send it and repurpose it as a blog piece and uh it's like a twitter thing wherever i want a lot of people to see it and what do you call your I just email, walk away. Your email archive? My email archive. Max yeah. doesn't have a blog. I don't know why I referred to myself in third person, but I do not have a blog. And instead, I call it an email archive where I just copy and paste the email and upload it again as a blog post. And what that does is allows me to feed the Google machine. So Google's eating up all those analytics and in the background doing that SEO thing that like drives traffic based on what I'm already writing and what people are searching for in the first place. And that's what it is. Then that's 25 minutes of my time. Even if it takes you longer, if that's all you do, you write a story, you share a tip, and you give people the opportunity to connect with you more to either pay you directly or buy one of your products. That's powerful. Uh, Everyone's talking about return on investment, but I'm talking about ROE, return on effort. So you're saying for 60 minutes of effort, I can get like in my, like people are always talking about like that passive income. It's like that. Like you send that email and then, you're getting replies. Oh, thank you. You just helped me out. So I work with Hakeem Rahim. And these are the stories that matter to me. Because like, yeah, I write for guys like Allstate. I write for uh, Nicole Culver. Uh, but like, actually, it's Nicole Culver's that I like. Women that are just like busy moms and they're trying to put it together and they want to figure out how to feed their family and save their husbands with like health concerns. But that's how she started. Like, she's like, my husband isn't doing well. What can I cook that would help him? 
And that's like, now I got to teach this to other women. So it's like, now we're helping women feed their families in a way that they thought that they had to have extra money in their pocket or learn something new or just forget it altogether. There's Hakeem Rahim, who's helping people understand acceptance with social, uh, what do you call it, mental illness stigmas. So we're helping suicidal and depressed people like overcome that and have someone that they can look up to that isn't a therapist that isn't going to like prescribe them more medicine, just give them different ways of dealing with life and accepting it instead of being told that you have to be something that you're not because you're going through something that's very real. A lot of people don't appreciate that, but like it's very real. And because we're on the outside, we're giving you like bad advice because we want you to be like us. And then who else are we helping? Kalyani Pardeshi. She's like really awesome. Um, who? Kalyani Pardeshi. Oh, okay. I, heard Kardashian. I heard something Kardashian. I was like, the lost Kardashian? <laughs> the lost Kardashian. Yeah. So me and Kim. Yo, I wish. I need to like write a book about Kanye West. That, that definitely has to happen. Oh, no. There's a book about Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kanye lo- loves. Yeah. I love I'm Kanye. sure there is. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what I mean to say is, and in this case, I can't take full credit, but it was one of those things where because she was out there telling her story about postpartum depression and how after her first child, she fell into or her second, uh, she fell into that depression that she was just in a bad place. But fitness and exercise helped her out. And now she can talk about that story and like the system she created for herself to save her own life and help other women. She helped 700 women lose 25,000 pounds or 2,500 pounds. I'm sorry. Well, and that's powerful. That's, that's amazing. And also just like, even if you don't do the exercises or whatever, like what I hear from other people, especially women is like, I just wish more people talked about this. Like I, you know, I'm friends with like postpartum depression and are like, going wow. it. and they're just like, nobody talks about it. Like, I just oh wish that I could talk to someone about it and not feel like embarrassed, you so know, true. like their friends or, you know, like to have that conversation, like only feeling okay to talk about it with friends that don't have kids. Cause they are like, think their other friends will like look at them in a negative way you yeah. know and what's funny and is I that in many cases feeling, you know yeah there's that but then there's the other case where like you don't say it because you think that's the reaction you'll get and then that other person is hurting with either the same thing or something similar and it's like if they only heard your voice they would have a new way to think of their own thing well you start to nor- like feel like it's somewhat normal or not you're not alone Ooh. and not like not yeah. to be like normal like I mean, everyone has something, but like, (laughs) it's, you get the sense of like, you're the only one that's ever going through this or like can understand it. It's like helpful to have. It's so true. And like, not in a way that's like, you want other people to be brought down, but it's nice to know that it's less shameful. Yeah. Cause you don't feel like in some ways, I think when shitty stuff like that happens to you or you feel that you start to blame yourself, like, Oh, oh, like, Oh, am I the reason that happened? But you know, more people are going through that. It's like, okay, this is possibly not just yeah it's like seeing a woman on tv who looks like you for yeah (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) and it comes back i mean like you were talking about how friend dresser is important to you what if you're that for someone else because that's the thing like what the way uh, so i got a phone call from one of my clients and he's like max not only are the emails working we're getting so many more replies and again this is all state but um we're also getting people to sign up for second and third policies and that's cool that's the financial part of it but here's what was interesting to me because his job, even though he works for Allstate, it's to make sure people understand their policies. That's a lot of information to sift through. So in emails, it's easier to like share it bite-sized chunks, especially if you're doing it daily. And what he noticed was even when we do have to send them a boring email that's just about their contract, we notice that they're reading them now more than ever before because 
the personal connection. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. They're like, okay, I want to listen to this person. Exactly. Because sometimes I got to feed you medicine. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so um, in this case, like, I, it wasn't part of me. It was like mandated from Allstate. So, like, they had to send out specific emails. But uh, that's powerful, right? Because, like, none of us want to, like, do all that tedious blah, blah, blah stuff. We know we need it, but especially since we're investing our money in it. But to know that because I know this guy, even though he works at Allstate, he's in my corner, he and I can connect and he can like help me understand this other corporate stuff that I would never care for otherwise. So it works like on various levels, but it's all the same thing. It's just saying, hi, I recognize you as a human being and not a number on my email list. You know, it'd be really cool if your Allstate emails would be auto read in the tone of that guy who's the what's his name? He's <laughs> fake Denzel. Such a great voice. Are you in good hands? I would like open oh, those I emails. His name. Yeah. Like, uh, he says his name in half like audible for emails. Yo, I need to do that. I need to do like a SAS thing, and it would be. My software as a service would be like voices that read your emails for you. <laughs> Actually, that'd be dope. It would so make dope. all your emails more Like fun. the GPS voices and, and all that? Yeah, yeah. But, like, but like if they could be like Flava Flav reading your email or like oh, Fran Drescher reading your email. And like, everyone would be like, how do they, how do, they yeah. do this? And it's really like we just have them in like a room somewhere. <laughs> just read this one read right now. <laughs> well, it's like yeah, the that, it's the way that like any of those automated things work. They're just sound bites, right? Like, yeah, and yeah. So it's like phonetic. Exactly, exactly. Like phonetic sounds getting put together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like videos of it going ones, all yeah. wrong can go viral. Because people <laughs> would try to find like the way it would be offensive or yeah, something. Like, Stewie from like family guy reading your email to you. Like That'd be cool. Yeah, especially if you like got that's one from your brother that's like, <laughs> like, hey, fart face. Like, you know. So... I kind of struggled with coming up with a theme for you, not because there wasn't a theme, but I felt like there were so many themes that yeah, could go it's always with. A danger. For Especially you. the three of us like that, <laughs> knowing the way we are, <laughs> even before <laughs> we meet each other. And <laughs> you mean you can't I, shut the fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> and I decided to go with the scarcity thing because you, you talked a little bit about how you have sickle cell anemia mm. and the struggles of that. What does that actually mean in case people don't know, like, you know what that is and how that affects you on a daily? And or in just in general, how you have to think about your life. Yeah. No, it's so sickle cell is a disease where your cells are oddly shaped. And they're sickle shaped, like the site a farmer would use to cut grain, wheat. And because of that, they don't carry as many nutrients. Uh wow, this reminds me of a song. Y'all ever see the Sin City trailer from like 2004, 2005? I've seen the film. All right. Well, there's a trailer that set up that movie, and it, like this guy's talking about how like the cells I have at the moment. But I will be here. So it's like, even though your cells are dying, you're still here. Um, and I mean, it's like a white guy in a self-loading voice. So it sounds a lot worse than I just did it. <laughs> but, but it's still cool. But that's like what my life is. Every 10 days, my cells are dying. You guys, on the other hand, everyone that isn't sickle, sickler, your cells last for 120 days. I'm at a 20 times energy deficit than everyone else around me at any given point in time on a good day. Wow. Is it? I also, maybe Mike, this is confusing, but 
I haven't really learned about sickle cell since I was in elementary, but I thought that it's like, isn't it because of the way that they're shaped? They kind of like stick together and maybe exactly. they, you don't clot well or, or you clot, clot too much. What is it? So Something that's like that? on a good day what I described, but because those cells are oddly shaped, if I'm not well hydrated, getting my rest or if for whatever reason stress mm-hmm. activates like the, uh, in my life, it'll affect me physically where those cells will, in fact, like clot up. They'll connect to each other and they won't go through the blood vessels like they're supposed to. Wherever that clot happens, I experience extreme pain. Um, so women who have had it have said it's worse than going through labor. And different people describe it in different ways. I don't know how to describe my version of it. It's just a pain that like, I hope no one ever has to deal with, but thousands of us do, hundreds of thousands of us do every day. And... That's what it is. So I have to run to the ER and hopefully it's in a town that I'm familiar with. I'm hopefully that's why I don't travel that often because the doctors don't know and they think that I'm lying about what medications to give me because they think I'm just some drug addict. And it doesn't help that I'm black in these cases. <laughs> so because, Wait, you're black? <laughs> a lot of people haven't noticed. Or yeah. maybe they have noticed, but they don't want to admit it. And I don't see colors. So <laughs> <laughs> I hate those people. <laughs> I don't see blood type. <laughs> Albino ocular I don't see <laughs> cells, okay? <laughs> All cells matter. <laughs> <laughs> don't see cells. Exactly. Like, whenever people say that, I just want to burn their house down and be like, let's water all the houses on the block because all houses matter even if they're yeah, not burning. Yeah. <laughs> all cells matter, okay. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, yeah. So what that means is I have to go get heavy narcotics and essentially I get medicinal heroin because that is the one thing that will... It actually doesn't work fully, but it helps me um, sleep. What, what is medicinal heroin like called? It, so there are different forms of it, but dilated is what I get. Dilated? Yeah. And so what we're doing is it'll knock me out, but I'll still be writhing in pain. So that's how intense it is that even when I'm sleeping, I'm in pain. It's just the drugs will knock out the, the what do you call it? The, the mental consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Um, and even then I'll break out of it. So like I'll be on more drugs than like Mick Jagger and I'll still be going through it. And it's all over. And that's, it's specifically wherever the pain is, but those kind of medicines affect your entire body and your entire life, honestly. So that's what I deal with. And then it's like, I'll do that for a week. Worst case scenario, I'll get a blood transfusion. So I got to take someone else's blood so I can feel normal again. I didn't realize it was so like intense. Like, cause you- it's, a debilita- it's a disease that I'm going to die from. It's kind of like uh, when someone says, uh, oh, I have AIDS. So, like, you don't die from AIDS. You die from just, like, the, the complications of it. Yeah. So, like, in my case, unless someone, like, shoots me or I get hit by a bus, like, yeah, yeah, I have a low life expectancy. I'm 28 years old, and that is a blessing. Uh, it doesn't have to be, like, that limiting. But in general, that is the case because, yeah, it's just rough for a lot of people. But I'm... But that's not even the best part because like that's one of the reasons why I do all the stuff that I do I was gonna ask the you, way yeah. that I do it because I can't I had what I thought was my dream job at Google and I was I had this cool yeah I had money in my pocket like people loved the idea that I like that I could say that it was a fun little name dropper um women enjoyed it so that was kind of cool but it was one of those things where I couldn't keep up with it like that was a lifestyle that is probably ordinary for everyone else but it's not a lifestyle that fits my body type. And there are so many nine to five jobs that I have to say no to. So like, even when I left Google for a time, I was working at a movie theater and like, that was too much for me. 
So it's like even a simple part-time job being on my feet or like even just ripping tickets, like that's exhausting for me. And like going up a flight of stairs, like that's a big deal. Like (laughs) visiting you in your apartment is no fucking deal. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't even know how I lived in New York for so long because like those walk-ups are adventures. Um, But yeah, it's just about pacing yourself. All this to say that when you live life and you're forced to like really see what, how much energy you start the day off with and how much you can invest in different people and things and ideas, you really want to be strategic with it. So I didn't know this until like recently, but everything that I've accomplished in my life is because I had to do it in a way, not because like I may not have that money. I always thought it was a money thing. Oh, I don't have a lot of money. I got to be strategic, but it was just like, I just don't want to go in the hospitals. Like, how can I do this without like collapsing? And that's it. That's like how I came to like a lot of the email strategies I've developed and the media strategies too. So it just made you more efficient because you had like less. Well, yeah, the urgency. Yeah. Like yeah. you literally had to. And I love yeah. that story just because I think we all go through that on some level, like of, you know, like how long can I be matter. doing this? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not the same. But yeah, all souls matter. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I have but you actually have to prioritize it. Like we're like, oh yeah, someday. You yeah. know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. or like, King Kong did. I don't really feel like it. You don't have that choice to be like, no, yeah, no. I don't feel like it now. Oh, yeah, because like nothing it. literally yeah. happens if it no, doesn't. Yeah. Totally. Um, so there's that aspect of it. Um, yeah, yeah, like all these, all these things that I've learned and then like the people that I, it was just, I realized it wasn't what I knew. It was just like how I approach things and it wasn't like who I knew. It was how I know them. And by building relationships and really connecting people in mutually beneficial ways, it wasn't like a scammy thing where it's like, oh, help me out, help me out. It was like we were building opportunities that like elevated us all individually in different ways. And I'm like, all right, we got to start helping other people do this. And that's what my work is now with email as well as uh, I have a monthly print newsletter where I'm teaching people these strategies. I'm noticing something though. So Mm -hmm. you you feel like it's, not just about um, since you pretty much don't know if tomorrow like it's mm. gonna be a good day or not. It seems like you really do focus on the process, like you said. Like you're not necessarily like, oh, like I'm gonna do this so that you know, like trying to get what I can from people so I can like move forward later. It's like I want to have a good conversation with this person today. You know, yeah. like I <laughs> I need to have this relationship be good today. I need this email to be like a connection right now, yeah. almost like. And you seem to be really good at connecting with people on all sorts of media. We were talking about that. Like, I, I think the first time I talked to you was on the phone. I, like, got a good vibe from you through the phone. You're like, apparently you can travel that <laughs> through you. email. And you're, like, doing that in person as well. Um, yeah. I find it fascinating, though, because even though, like, in some ways, it's like that's from a scarcity mindset. We talked about that and how that influences a lot of how you pick and choose things. Certainly. But then we also, I asked you, like, what are the, you know, we like to ask people, what are the sacrifices? Yes. And he pointed that he actually, uh, you can you say, like, it. well, yeah, it's funny because like, we've been having these conversations all week. So you listening, we apologize if we're like skimming through all the awesome stuff. <laughs> but, uh, what are the sacrifices? I, <laughs> I don't know how to relate to sacrifice the way other people do. I don't believe in it. I understand it's very real for other people, but I don't feel that I've ever had to make a choice in spite of another choice. However, I am well aware that I've always prioritized things that I cared about and put it over other people and things, regardless of their relationship to me. So family, friends, or like even my own physical well-being. 
so I've certainly made priorities and put things in certain positions and focused on doing X, Y, Z, and then going to other things. So your perspective is that you don't like actually give anything up. You're just going after the things you want. Since so you fo- your focus is like growth, yeah. your growth focus basically, and like that's your mindset. And yes and no. Okay. So I might even like it. Just could be like b- bad semantics, you know. Like I could be saying the same thing everyone else is. I just don't use the word sacrifice. So it actually, let's talk the, about that before. Like it, it's we, like a half full, half full, half empty. Right. Like oh. you're just, you don't say the glass is half empty. You're not like, I'm giving up That's half cool. of my water. You're just <laughs> saying, like, I have water in this glass. Right. Like, yeah, I have, yeah. have a glass of water here. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking a sip of it now. It's not like, yeah, I'm, I'm not abandoning our friendship. I'm just saying, like, hey, right, and I'll do that. It kind of reminds me of like things like Tim Ferriss will say. So I can be kind of extreme. I've done things where it's like, hey, for the next thirty days, I'm focused on on writing this one email campaign. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just focused on this. Catch me like after day thirty-one, and you and I can go on that trip we were talking about. It's so, like you're always in the picture. It's just, are you at the forefront? You're in the background, or did I Photoshop something around you? Because it's like something that I need to like focus on. Right I think now. you just 100% commit to your choices too. I think that's mm. also a part of the mindset. I think when you have, I think the sacrifice thing has maybe this connotation that you're letting go of something that you really wish that you could have had. Like there's a regret yeah. aspect to it. I think, and that's what you I've know, like oh, like I could have, but I didn't. You know, um, and I guess it seems like with you, it's like even though that may be something you let go of. It just seems like that you're so committed to the choices that you did go towards. It's just can't, you can't see it as a sacrifice or you like, don't view it that way. Sometimes it's funny. Like, I, I don't know if that's a mindset that's like changes when you do have a disease that's like, a, you know, a chronic disease because you can't depression. focus on like, like, first of all, if you, Focus on what you couldn't do. You'd just be depressed all the time, and you're already <laughs> physically not feeling well. It's yeah, just going to yeah. make it. Worse. And I'm already prone to depression because of my blood levels. Absolutely. Yeah, like I just meant like I actually have a friend, and a, I have a really good friend who has, um, she has um, Crohn's disease, and it was really bad for a long time, and um, she became super fit, like super active. Whoa. She changed her whole diet and she's like, basically like if she doesn't plan her meals and her exercise and whatever, then she gets sick again. She's like, I don't want it. Like, and she even got to the point where she was off medication, which is unheard of for somebody with Crohn's disease, but she yeah. basically has to plan her whole life mm-hmm. to like, make sure that she just doesn't end up in the hospital. And so it just like made her, she talks about like, she told me like it made her like a really like productive person simply because in necessity it's either that like or that. that or yeah, yeah, yeah or yeah. live a miserable because that's what it is in fact yeah. that's something that i'm learning because i have that that mental emotional capacity but the the physical thing and part of it again is like i take a chemotherapy drug and then i'm also dealing with uh the other effects of the drug itself um and the other effects of the cell where like food doesn't taste good but food is my medicine in most cases food sleep and water and like I have to like force myself to eat. That's one of the reasons why I love living in this city because like food is tasty everywhere. What's up? No, does sickle cell change? Sorry, is it yeah, the I, food you have to eat is not tasty, or does it actually change like the fact that like I think like, the flavors? medicine does. Oh. So one thing I'm aware of is uh, like I, I deal with nausea, mm-hmm. and I've been taking this one uh, chemo drug for so long since I was 16. So yeah, about 12 years now. 
that I don't even remember what my life was before to be able to say, oh, is this a max thing? Is this a sickle cell thing? Or is this the medicine thing? So it's just like all one thing now. Uh, but I will say like whenever I've switched to like a vegan or vegetarian diet, whenever I've uh, introduced different foods or herbal things, like it's helped me overcome that. So I realize now I'm putting together a team of physicians, nutritionists, and like even therapists and stuff like a whole team of doctors so they're in place now and we're all talking about like what's the the full max plan because it's something you totally cannot do by yourself uh because you just don't have the insights so you're yeah. eating for performance now too like it kind of you know it's it's everything it's for performance but like performance I mean, in the sense of, of just start starting the day, the day. Yeah, yeah exactly because when i think about it this way imagine running a 5k and that immediate feeling of exhaustion when you finish. Mm -hmm. That's how I start my day. So I've been hanging out with you and you have a lot of energy, actually. <laughs> and, yeah, like, I and, and, I, and we were hanging out at the party earlier. We were talking at the beginning of the show and oh, uh, you were just really hyped. I think also like, you know, obviously being around people and things like, like that. Being around cool people makes you like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone there was and, super and awesome. It's city, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, is, I guess, uh, do you sometimes are, are like, because you're so used to being tired, you've like forced to like sometimes overcompensate to not show your tiredness or is it like, because, Honestly, you know, you see people who are low energy, like you have definitely more energy than I think a lot of people that yeah. I've met that, you know, and like, <laughs> had you happened. not told me that, like, I wouldn't know. And yeah. so I don't know if it's something that you like feel inside sometimes, but like. That's cool. Um, well, first I want to say that, like, I love chill and ambitious. I'm new to it. Uh, you guys are actually the only podcast that I've said yes to that reached out to me. I usually reach out to podcasts. You guys reach out to me and I say no to most of them. Or all of them, but you guys. Um, so it was like the right fit. Um, and when we talked about different ways to put this episode together, and I was expecting it to be one thing. Not in a bad way, but it was just like, now that I'm here, I'm realizing a lot about myself and the things that I've going through that I've never really thought and explored in such a way before. Um, yes. I'm comfortable. I'm still I'm, I'm following through. But it's one of those things where it's just like, He's I'm so almost at, like on the verge of tears right now. because It's just like, wow. Um, you guys are like really like taking me places. Uh, but your question was that exuberance, and I think it's important to talk about that. Like, we don't. This probably shouldn't even be an email marketing episode anymore because it's not necessarily an email marketing episode. Yeah, you know, you like yeah, and I'm glad. Email marketing. That's I certainly just a do. Symptom yeah. of your attitude, really. Yeah, but like, you brought up this great thing that we don't ever get to talk about because, like, whether you have sickle cell or arthritis, nobody knows what you're going through based on your behavior, your outward behavior. And there are a lot of other things that I could easily list. Like there are very few diseases. I can't even think Ebola, <laughs> which is extreme, of course. But like, oh, you're you're not feeling well right now. Okay, we gotta take care of you. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else, like you can live a functional life and be in miserable pain. And I think we each have at least one person in our life that is on like chronic pain medication because of like some accident. And it's rough, but they show up at the events. They're there when we need them. And they're suffering it through it just so they can have some sense of normalcy. And I think that's a very serious thing that we rarely get to explore because like the vocabulary for how we talk about our own health and how we talk about other people's health, at least in America and the Western world in general, like it's 
dehumanized. Like you can't ex- own your feelings, not just emotional, but like physical. Yeah. And it's like seen as a complaint, right? If you're like, Ooh, like, right, yeah. you show up to work and you're like, I'm exhausted. Like, like yeah. the other, like, I think this is obviously not on the level of sickle cell, but like, it's all related. To well, me. like if like, okay, like, you know, women have their periods every month. Right. And it's like, sometimes <laughs> you have really bad cramps and you just don't want to go to work. But like, I swear to God, if, but there's if no recourse I, but I swear to God, yeah. if like, you can't mention that, like you, you have to like, Sometimes you really just feel like shit. You don't want to go, but you know you can't call in like once or twice a month. Yeah, that's like not a you thing. would, you know, you yeah, you get in trouble. It like people be would like, be like, "Oh, yeah. that's that girl who's always crying wolf, right?" Yeah. Like, so you just deal uh, yeah. with it, and that's like a or it's the other side of it, and it's of the of PMS it. thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're like in a bad mood, you just can't deal with people that day. You're just like, exactly. I'm gonna be the fucking worst, and I don't want to be the fucking worst, right? Like you don't get to own that. Like you have to kind of push through and that's on a very very miniature scale but i will say that if men had periods we'd have three week work months (laughs) hey i already like that (laughs) that's cool Uh, but but yeah you're right and it it relates to every single one of us is dealing with this one way or another whether we're acknowledging it or not even if you show up to work like tired like that's an aspect of it and you're not allowed to say it <laughs> yeah, or or it's mm-hmm. it's it's glorified. It's like, oh, you haven't slept in eighteen. We were talking with oh. someone last night, and it was just like, oh, I I I I never sleep. And he was like proud of it. And I'm just like, I called him out on it. And I'm like, what do you mean you never sleep? Like you can't function if you never sleep. And he was like, oh, I function well. And he's like, oh, I have five hours of sleep. I'm like, all right, that's decent. Listen, if you have four to eight hours, you're sleeping. <laughs> I thought he was on well, two. It, it yeah. is glorified. <laughs> but it is the glorified. But still, yeah, yeah, like Nas says. Yeah, like well, it's like, <laughs> it's true, but I didn't know that. But cool. No, that's it's like. <laughs> but it is one of those things that, like, I I really want that to be a public consciousness thing. If not, like, on the verge of being fixed, to at least say, "Oh wow, this is weird. I never acknowledged that." So, like, maybe this episode is that. But we got to change the way that we talk about medicine and health on a personal level, on a local level, on a familial level, um, and, and yeah, political level. Everybody hurts, but sometimes everybody cries. But it's really hard for family who see you every day. It is. Actually, we talked about this once on one of your episodes. I forgot which one. But that is the hardest part about being chronically ill. It's that everyone wants you to just be better. Like to the point where people will still reach out to me, Max, I found a cure. Do this. And it's like, listen, I'm all about having a cure. Um, but there's more to it. Like everyone just wants you to be better to the point where they like eliminate like who you are already. It's like, and I have this with my mom. It's like, we haven't had the best relationship in recent years. And it's because she just doesn't want me to suffer anymore. And it's like, I understand that. Like uh-huh. I'm totally there, but it's, there's, even though I'm not physically well, the things that I'm doing in my life, the way that I'm leading my life, the people that I get to meet in my life. And she'll always commend me on that. Like, I love the people that you spend time with. And I'm like, yeah, I'm very thankful for that too because they respect me, they love me, and they're people that are, we're invested in each other and we're really helping each other do things. Even in my work, like I purposely don't work with shitty people. And I love that. (laughs) And I love that. I love that all three of us have that opportunity because it's like, there are a lot of people that aren't happy. Um, But it's one of those things that I have to be okay with myself as I am, regardless of whether or not I'm taking the best care of myself. Because like I am making those strides to learn what I don't already know. 
but I have to be okay with max as max. Because like right now I'm 5'10 and I weigh 120 pounds. If this is me for the rest of my life, I have to accept that. Otherwise, like I'm just, like you were saying before, I'm just going to be miserable and depressed and like find reasons not to do things. Yeah. And that's certainly an option. And we all do that um, in one way, shape or form in different parts of our life. But I wish I knew one really understood like why I live my life the way it is. But it's just like I clearly I love something or people in general in such a way that if today is my last day, I'm going to share what I feel in every single moment with everyone that I interact with, whether they know me or not. And with my email marketing, I'm going to make sure that if I die tomorrow, I left something behind today in the past 24 hours that helps someone do something. Regardless of if I actually made a dollar off of it, it helps someone. Doesn't it help you to put it down to like, know you did that? It certainly is like, and that's something I'm exploring in my life, like a sense of like legacy. It, I mean, it's more than that, but like, I, I don't know any other way to talk about, but like a sense of legacy. And it's funny because this is what it is for me. The ultimate goal in my life would be to raise three children, whether they're my own or not, and see them to the age of 10. Like, that's all I want in life right now. So they don't even have to be my own children. They could be adopted. I don't even care about marriage and having a wife. Like, I realize children are important to me. That's only, that's my main goal. So like, if you know, a lot of times people will be like, oh, who do you think of when you're creating this? Like, who are you creating it for? Or who's that one person that you're like, oh, if they don't like it, like, I'm not going to do it. And my thing is, I don't care what my mom says about my work. I've been in that way since I was like three. Like, <laughs> so since it's just you were like, working. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, since I was but working, like, but I mean, in general, like I never was affected by the opinions of my family or friends. The people that like I judge my work off of are my unborn children, if they happen to be my own and they're not adopted or fostered or whatever. I want to make sure that everything I say and do today is something that I would happily teach my sons and daughters when I have the chance to like teach it to them myself. So that's what you want your legacy to be. Well, something I to be proud think, of. Well, like, yeah, I think yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, I just I think legacy is a really interesting word um, because <sighs> usually it's tied to like a sense of arrogance but that's like not and oh, I don't wow, think I can see that, that you yeah. know like people are like I want to leave a legacy I want to <laughs> oh, make my a billion on every oh, building that a song oh what's his name Panda Panda does Panda. he have like a couple yeah, lines about legacy yeah, he, <laughs> I thought he said black S I don't know black yeah. S6 I don't know what the hell he's saying it's honestly rough. it's rough Panda 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 I love that's that song I but I don't understand it um, but yeah go on I'm sorry lean in the phantom that's <laughs> other things I know lean in the Fanta I don't know anyway um, but, yeah, yeah. but that arrogance certainly yeah but it has like a connotation of uh, arrogance but I had this conversation with my friend's husband we were like driving we were talking about the idea of legacy like, isn't it weird that when you die, you basically people will remember like a couple of random facts about you. Like you think like, oh, you live this life and you want people to remember you in this way. And it'll be like, oh, she my aunt, she was super weird. She loved cats. And like she was always <laughs> telling silly jokes. Like yeah. you get like uh, you get brought down to these like few facts. Right. And so yeah. we're talking about like what kind of legacy really would you want to leave? Like what three things basically would you want people to say about you? And then act that way right like not like people aren't going to be like oh he had his names all over buildings they're going to be yeah. like he was kind of a dick or he was always kind like and then what and if like, they actually yeah. do say that like, oh he had names all over these buildings like when trump dies like what if that's what people say like are people, you okay with that people are going to be like <laughs> because a lot of people aren't I don't actually think that that's but the funny thing is like you're gonna have an emotional 
response. You're not going to really remember it. He's going to be like, he was a, you know, bankrupt developer asshole who tried to run for president and tried to like, and also like and wanted to divide the power country. Of country. Racist. Like, yeah. And yeah. yeah. Well, I think and it has beautiful. the arrogance <laughs> when it's like, you're going to leave this in, like, as if you could change like history and something. There are yeah. people who definitely do, who absolutely like, yeah. but legacy is just like, what do you want to be remembered by? You know? Yeah. And yes. maybe like, maybe it is Ooh, only that's so people that's you around you. Now. And like, yeah, but <sighs> yeah, it's nice that the, like you're, you want like the words you say, which are kind, you know, thoughtful words and like yeah, thoughts, yeah. like you want to share those. And that's actually like a, that's an, I don't know if it's noble is the right word. Yeah. But that's actually kind of like a, a nice legacy to want to leave behind. <laughs> no, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And I think that's cool. Cause like, I've never thought about it that way. This week, next Wednesday specifically, I'm, I'm spending the whole day and I'm just planning the rest of my life. Because um, I'm, I'm learning the value of what it is to plan the future because I never plan beyond six months. But my mentor is sitting me down and he's like, Max, he, he, he imparted like, the importance of it. And I was just like, wow, this is powerful because it's just about how can I make sure I'm making the choices that live up to the values and beliefs that I have? And so like I'm spending all of Wednesday to just plot that out. And it starts with at my funeral, what do I want people to say about me? Do I already have those relationships with those people where they already are saying it? And like, honestly, I, I feel very much so. And it's funny because like I've met you guys in basically the past 24 hours. And so much of it has been the way you guys talk about me, it's very humbling because you don't even know me, but a lot of people in my life are in a way that the average person doesn't say thanks to the people that they meet, but like the people that I come across will go out of the way and say the thanks to me that I say to them, whether I'd known them for years or just whatever. Like I don't, I generally don't waste any time telling people how I feel, even if it's a bad thing. Um, so I, I have, I have <laughs> mince words, huh? Like sometimes people will say rude things to me because of my emails. I remember I'll put her on. Actually, I don't know if I'll put her on blast or not. But a VP of a very famous marketing uh, company, a VP of marketing at that company, like said some very rude things about my emails, and it was just like, come on, if you're not going to be constructive, I don't care like what your title is. Yeah. So I called her the C word and I said, you're condescending. And <laughs> she was just like, and I haven't heard from her since. And I'm just like, you're being rude and condescending. Go away. And that's what it is because I don't care who you are, how much money you have, what your accolades are. Like if you're just here to tear people down without adding some value to it, or at least learning about who I am in context before you just like judge or whatever. In this case, it was so funny because this VP of marketing, she comes to me and she goes like, oh, you forgot to say this one sentence. Like she didn't hire me to do this. I was writing it for myself and it wasn't to promote myself. I was writing an email because I'm like, there's this cool kid who did all this charity work. Let's support him because no one is giving him any money to do the ideas that where he traveled to 50 states, all of them in like 100 days. And he did volunteer work in each of those states. And I'm like, that's wild. He didn't have money. He didn't have any sponsors. There's just one guy doing yeah. it. And I'm like, let's buy his book this week. So that way we can help him out. Because if you buy the book, those organizations get the money. He doesn't get it either. So like even then, we're still not helping him. And she said, oh, your email is wrong. You're a bad email marketer. And she didn't say that second part. But like, that's essentially what she was trying to say over the course of like three emails. And I'm like, listen, I've entertained this long enough. You're condescending. And I will happily tell you that. And if you're a marketer, you would know these three things. Right? <laughs> and I told her the three things she should know because she's like twice my age, but she doesn't clearly. And it's like, whether you're good to me or bad to me, I'm going to let you know how it makes me feel because I'm not going to waste these moments biting my tongue and like trying to perform at 
some weird expectation that you have when you're not happy with where you are clearly like what what like steve jobs isn't going on someone's email list or i mean when he was living tim cook isn't going on someone's email list and saying oh wow you designed this program wrong <laughs> like how petty are you because yeah. i'm the pettiest of them all i'm tom petty Pettigrass, like petty labelle i will call you out i will call you out and i have nothing to lose like i literally petty am about LaBelle. to die so go for it <laughs> but that's what i mean like i want to I love that I get to be around people that whether they're used to sharing their feelings, they at least share them with me, either about things that they're feeling on topics that they don't get to explore, or at least they can say, oh, Max, you helped me out with this. And the fact that I can do that and do it as a living with my business, like that's just wild. And all I do is email. And that's all. And conserve your energy. Yeah, conserve my energy doing that. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that you said just recently you've been able to think about the future, right? With your mentor. And, um, that's so scary. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That must be terrifying. And I guess I don't see myself in the future. I honestly don't. I honestly don't, but I, it's just, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. I'm not live on air, but like, I'll know by Wednesday, I'll know by Thursday if I make it, (laughs) but it's, I've never planned for more than six months into the future. Well, I mean, I kind of think that that's, that's okay. Like, that's oh, it certainly is. Yeah, yeah. But well, I'm, I'm I mean, well like, aware that it's because of my own no, mortality. Know, but, like, but yeah. But I think just because of some of the conversations we've had, you've talked about in a way that, but you do that with other people. You'll help them come up with a, like an email strategy that thinks ahead and oh, thinks wow. about how, like, how are they going to make money later on Oof. and how they're going to be building homework. themselves <laughs> and like, but, you know, to do that for yourself is a little bit different. And I think we all have that. Like, it's easy to, like, if you're a painter, it's easier to paint someone else than to do that self-portrait. And certainly it's tougher to do the business things that you know how to do for others in your own thing. But like, for me, in this case, I believe in other people, which is why I choose to work with them in the first place, which is why I choose to go after the market that I do. And I'm like, I like these people. I want to help these people. So whether they know me or not, whether they like me or not, uh, this is for them. Um, and you invest in them and I invest in them. And because of that, because I see them in the future, I'm planning for their future to the point where a lot of my strategies, well, I mean, we'll see if they stand the test of time, but like, I really do think that because they're relationship based, because they're based on consent, they're based on listening, they're based on, um, understanding what the issue is and not what the expectation is that that's timeless. That is timeless. And it's applicable to all kinds of relationships and it's applicable to sex. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Like yes. if you want to have a better sex life, you need to be on my email list because <laughs> everything that I teach, no, no. Cause I mean, you guys are women. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. You <laughs> women are women. You seem yes, very confused about like race and gender. Today. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that like the best sex you will ever have is when you and your partner are listening to each other, or at least he's listening to you. If and- you date men, that is. And that's all it is. Like the greatest times I've ever had with a women with women are just like, it's just when you just shut up and like, listen. And sometimes it's not even like the words that are said. It's the silences. It's the, it's the the physical. Yeah. It's just the interaction. You got to listen. You just got to listen. You just got to listen. Communication can involve all of the senses. Yeah, exactly. Um, So (laughs) where, where do people subscribe to your mailing list cool. and where do they find you if they want to hire you for your excellent services? So 
my approach is unique. You got to go to thatmanmax.com. Thatmanmax.com. That man. So you hop on that page, you'll learn about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it a bit. And when that message resonates with you, you know that the only way to go forward is to subscribe, click on that button, subscribe on the list. And then from there on, we're just going to start talking. But like I'm accessible through email. If you like what you see, you say hi, you reach out. There are opportunities to work with me within the email, but I only work with people that are on the list because they get the values and beliefs that I'm I'm teaching and spreading. So yeah, you have to be committed. Now, I turn away a lot of people. Like anyone can join my email list and come and go as they please, but people that try to buy my time, um, yeah, you gotta you gotta be vetted the same way this podcast was vetted. Yeah. <laughs> um, any Twitter, Facebook stuff that you want? Oh yeah, Instagram? I mean, you can find me. Uh, don't find me on Facebook. That's a private space. Uh, um, Instagram. Oh, I do have one of those, but let's not worry about that. Okay, that man Max on Twitter. That man Max. <laughs> yeah, you just reminded me of all social media. I'm just like, oh wow, these cool. things do exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank um, you so much. Thank you so yeah. much. Be well. You already know though, you only live once, that's the motto, nigga, YOLO, and we bout it every day, every day, every day. Like we sitting on the bench, nigga, we don't really play every day, every day. So that was Max. That man, Max. That man, Max. Um, And we're just going to give some reflections, some of our takeaways on what his some of his strengths are and where they might take you. I really like our episode, how it turned out. You have no idea, like, I end up hanging out with Max for like a weekend before we actually interviewed and we had gone through so many different potential topics and like just delving into life and what we think the perspective was and blah, blah, blah. And we still managed to have a whole fresh new conversation yeah. by the time the episode came. Yeah. He was, he was really great. Like I, I, the night I met him, it was like already like, hi, like you guys had already hung out. But yeah, I would, what I really like about him was just like how he, focuses his impact and like how he thinks about how everything he does will live on that whole idea where he was talking about he like anything he puts out first he wants to connect with people like it's like having a he wants to be able to have a direct conversation with somebody but he thinks about how everything he says like when my kid what I want my kids to read this or so it's like he's very intentional and that's part of that efficiency but that the intent of which everything happens is like really to build relationships Right. And I've been thinking about that a lot just in my own personal, um, with my career and even a little bit with this podcast and like why I think our podcast is effective um, is I think the episodes where we are able to build that connection quickly of like, I like this person to have that human aspect before you even get into finding out the advice that they have about X, Y, and Z. You have to at first be like, I like this person and I want to keep hearing more of what they say, even if they are supposedly like, they could be the super accomplished person, but if you don't vibe with them, you yeah. don't really want to listen to them. Yeah. And I feel like we we all talked about how we just learned so much from the conversations we were having, which is always like, which is always appreciated, but you don't always expect that with people you're not, you don't know very well. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've subscribed to his email list, but I've been just seeing just the way he like does his titles and how he like hooks you in in terms of like, like you hear the title and you're like, Oh, what's that about? And we write emails all the time, you know, just like either to our friends, to our colleagues or whatever, or anything we're trying to do. And I've been definitely taking some notes in terms of um, like, I've been interviewing for some jobs and things like that in terms of how to structure my emails a little bit more to like 
through email make that personal connection. Yeah. Which is just a letter, which actually is like one of the oldest crafts, right? Absolutely. Like letter writing. There's nothing there's nothing in the world quite like a ha- well crafted letter. It's true. Absolutely. Um but and I think what I know we we he and I kind of got into it a little bit just back and forth. I totally believe in what he's doing the email marketing, but I like I think that those those skills and just that that general idea of taking um like treating everything like a like a conversation that the other person like shows the other person that you're like interested in them. Mm-hmm. That's universal. Like however you're communicating with mm-hmm. someone, like if you're talking to someone new, if you are you know, tweeting to your followers or whatever, that's all, that's universal. Um, and he actually changed my mind a little bit about some things. So that was really fun. <laughs> that's good, right? And I think that, that's what we want to get out of the show. And even Max, actually, uh, he took a couple of days to recover from our episode because there were some parts that he didn't expect the interview to go in. Like, like I, we mentioned I think he says a little bit that he's a little bit surprised in the interview about how uh, he realized a big thing that he's passionate about is giving a voice to people who have diseases and different things they struggle with that aren't always visible and are are hard to understand if you don't if you haven't been through that and seeing that as a thread like it's not just people with sickle cell anemia it's people with a lot of other diseases that you don't know what they're going through and they seem normal yeah and he actually was like your interview helped me remind myself that that's actually a big passion of mine and something that I really want to push forward and that I've been slacking on lately. And so uh, that was pretty cool to hear. Yeah, I I think that we all have insights while we're doing this. And it's wonderful to know that our our guests do too. Um, And like, yeah, and that also comes down to the other thing. My other really big takeaway from him was relatability. Mm-hmm. Like he takes his own experiences and transfers those into stories others can connect with. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's the, the essence of human connection. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think there's that, you know, sometimes we feel like we're talked at, but finding that like that middle ground, that's like something you can take away with you. Like, or t- something that, happened to you and that like you're trying to impact somebody it's like not talking over somebody he's also a great listener he's so, a very like, good listener um so that probably yes <laughs> right 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 because you didn't know how you know your audience on that way some people some people don't mind a little bit talk that but some people that's completely gonna turn them off and that's like having to know how you're yeah who you're talking to yeah um so yeah that so leads that's us wonderful to, our question you didn't know was relevant. What is it? What question did you didn't know was relevant? I didn't know was relevant. Uh, how can you in your everyday then make sure that you're connecting with people first and foremost before you, you know, whether it is that you want to ask them for directions or ask them for anything in your life, you know, like making sure that uh, you're going to be much more likely to get what you want if you first make that connection and then you're also be happier because you'll make a connection with someone. It's like a much better way to go through life. Um, awesome. So this episode was actually recorded in a breather. 
It was. Thanks, uh, Breather. Thanks, Breather. And if you want to use our code to rent a Breather, which is a beautiful workspace, you can rent by the hour through breather.com on their app. They're in all the major cities, New York, San Francisco, LA, Boston, Chicago, Washington, D.C. Yeah, they're always launching new ones. Um, they offer our listeners um, with the code CHILL. So go to enter the code CHILL. You'll get $45 worth of free money. And... That's usually more than a free hour, and depending on the city or how big the room is. But we recorded them, and we recorded this episode in one. So if you want to check it out, go for it. Use our code CHILL. Yeah, let us know what you think, what you used it for. Uh, people do all sorts of stuff in there. They do like photo shoots. Uh, they'll, uh, a video. We, there was a video podcast that recorded in this mm-hmm. breather right after we did. People do interviews. They do workshops in them. Uh, so, yeah, it's and it's very affordable. So Yeah, Um so hope that helps you guys. Um, a lot of you are entrepreneurs. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so if you want to follow us on all the social medias at Chill Ambitious, but most importantly, most importantly, send us your feedback. Um, we're, and read our website. Because we spent a lot of time on it, chillandambitious.com. Tons of resources. Oh yeah, we have resources, all, all of the, the clips. Everything we do um is on there. And so, yeah, reach out to us. Let us know how you're doing. We, we, we care. Um, and write a review on iTunes. Write a review on <laughs> iTunes. The funnier, the better. So people can find us. Um, yeah. You don't want to be the only one in the know. So, or, and, and on that note. I'm in the know. I'm O. And I'm in the know. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.